Welcome to the Disneyland Forever Podcast, your source for all things from the happiest place on earth. For more updates, make sure that you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Disneyland Forever, and you can check out our website, DisneylandForever.com. Hey everyone, it's Jordan and Daniel, and a little bit of a, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? I guess just letting you guys know. Caveat. There we go. Uh, that. Uh, this week, we have part two of our series that we did with Jessica from the Happiest Blog on Earth at Disneyland Plan. Uh, we're talking about um, elementary age kids. It just kept getting in my head that I don't know how else to call them other than like <laughs> regular kids. I don't know. Non-tiny, um, non-moody. So, there you go. <laughs> non-tiny, non-moody children. Uh, but for the news segment of this week's episode, we've had to record this a little bit earlier than we normally do. We normally record on either Tuesday or Wednesday, and it is Sunday, because as we mentioned before, that we are, when you hear this, we are going to be in the middle of our cruise. So, in the middle of the ocean or something. Something like that. So, we'll still try to post things when we can, when we aren't going to use up all of our, <laughs> hopefully not all of our Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi on the ship. But uh, we'll we'll still be posting things as they come up. But if there's any like major news stories that arise on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, we'll just cover it in next week's episode because that's that's our option right now. It'll be fine, or and, we'll just forget about it, or we'll just forget about it. Probably with our luck, it'll be like the biggest announcements come up mm-hmm. um, tomorrow when we mm-hmm. can't record again. So just putting that out there. But I mean, you still have all the great content that we, the great conversation that we have with Jessica about uh, this other age group of children. So if any of you guys are planning trips to Disneyland with, you know, like elementary age kids, like ages like four or five to like 12 ish, somewhere in that range. I don't remember what numbers we said, but somewhere around there. You know, I just listened to it and I forgot, but (laughs) uh, it's, she's offers just like she did with toddlers. She has some really, really great advice. So it's still really, really good episode. Hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, To start off with, we have a new review. Yes, we do. Uh, Titled instant mood lifter from Tracy RN. This is one of my Monday podcasts because it is physically impossible to be glum and listen to them at the same time. Jordan and Daniel are witty, informative, and upbeat while discussing the happiest place on earth. Thank you guys for a fun show and for helping me get ready for my upcoming trip. Well, thank you. Um, I don't know about you, but reading that review was an instant mood lifter yes. too. So thank you guys so much. Uh, we, I, it really like just brightens our day when we get a new review that comes in. We love uh, reading them. We'll try to incorporate more Eeyore-like elements uh, and sadness. Okay. I don't even know where any of that came from. <laughs> anyway, so just another reminder, make sure that you, if you haven't done so already, leave us a five-star rating on either Apple or Spotify or Audible. And if you would like to spend a little bit more time, you can leave us that uh, review as well on Apple. With words. With words. Uh, not just stars. But we we really, really appreciate it. It helps us so much get found, and it gives us some really good feedback. And we really appreciate um appreciate those who have already done it. So thank you, everyone, yes. for that mood lifter that we got. Uh, so for news, you'd be surprised that there are some news things that have arisen just a couple of days that we feel are worth talking about. Uh, the first thing, this is kind of like a correction to something that we mentioned a couple weeks ago. So of course, there was the great Maleficent fire of 2023 <laughs> that closed down Fantasmic. Right now, there's still not a reopening date set it seems like it's definitely it's going to be dark for probably the entire month of may possibly 
Uh, but we had announced before that if you had purchased a dining package, a prepaid dining package, that that would not be canceled. And so you just had to like, sorry, you eat that money. We have some friends who they are going in about a week and... And I have mean, the worst luck possible with fan, trying to see Fantasmic. I know she's Never get to see it. <laughs> she's been trying to t- take her husband to see Fantasmic for ages because he's been to Disneyland and Disney World several times, but never seen Fantasmic for like seven years, right? Something like that. <laughs> and so she's like, "This trip is going to be the one we finally see it." And then Maleficent catches fire, so she's blamed her husband for this. But they had a dining package, and they actually got an email from Disney the minute that they decided that it wasn't going to be happening on their night saying that they're giving them a full and complete refund. Which is good. At least you're not paying for something and being like, oh, surprise, you get to pay more for... <laughs> for less. <laughs> for less. Yeah. So if you did purchase a dining package for Fantasmic and you're worried that it may not be going on during your trip because of all this, just hang on to it. And if they do cancel the show, they will refund you your money. The same thing happened with us for the World of Color dessert party. That was one time where World of Color got canceled yeah. when we were going and they refunded our dessert party as well because that got canceled. So just as a heads up, you don't need to stress about it. Um, so a couple interesting news things. Um, I guess in conjunction with the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, for a limited time, Mantis, one of the Guardians of the Galaxy, will be making an appearance in Avengers Campus. She's already there. She premiered on Friday. Saturday? Either Friday or Saturday. One of those two days. <laughs> a day that ends in day. Oh, thank you. And, yep. It seems like she's mostly just p- p- uh, taking Gamora's place in the dance party that they do in front of Mission Breakout. Hmm. So, I don't know. I've seen video of it. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of cool. I would have liked it better. Like I, I wish that the Guardians walked around in Avengers Campus more than they do. Yeah, or at least add on to Gamora. It doesn't have to replace her. Whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm confused. But I mean, she's there. So if you're going in the next month or so, then you'll probably get a chance to ca- uh, to catch Mantis uh, out and about. Uh, one thing that I don't understand why they're doing this. So normally for World of Color, all, almost all of the attractions in Pixar Pier and Paradise Gardens Park close during the show the so they don't ones. the outdoor <laughs> ones so that they don't interfere with the show though i think like the only one that stays open midway over mania. is midway mania but over in that the end of the park yeah. yeah the exterior lights are not on but the ride still operates no they turn on the turn off the indoor lights too yeah <laughs> that'll be great is, is everyone secure i hope uh, so sure. <laughs> what am i aiming at i don't know <laughs> I got five points. (laughs) So, but what they've decided to do, they've done this like all the time, but they are testing leaving the Incredicoaster, the Emotional Whirlwind and Jumpin' Jellyfish operable and running during World of Color. They've not like, this is not something like from Disney. It's something that the Orange County Register has reported, which I know the last time we reported (laughs) something from the Orange County Register. They lied. But this seems to have been confirmed by some sources that they're testing this. Uh, I don't know if I think that that's a good idea. Yeah. I'm, it's, it would be good in the fact that people can still ride them because that's the only bad thing is that they close temporarily. Um, but yeah, they're loud and I guess unless they have all the lights on, it will ruin world of color one. So I don't understand. (laughs) I yeah. guess they can just turn off a lot of the lights. But then when, then the kids are just spinning on the emotional whirlwind in the dark. 
It is quite the emotional whirlwind. Ah! Are you scared of the dark, children? <laughs> fear, fear, fear. <laughs> it's only fear. Um, I, don't I, know. I also think that the having the incredible coaster, even without the lights on, it's going to be loud. Yeah. Uh, running around during the show, or at least just kind of distracting because you'll see the coaster go by. No, they'll just say no screaming. <laughs> like the like they said in Tokyo, yeah, Tokyo Japan, during COVID, in, in Tokyo Disneyland, <laughs> scream in your heart. Uh, I don't think I mind so much about jumping jellyfish. That's kind of out of the way. Yeah. Well, emotional whirlwind is not super in the way. It's either. mostly because of the lights. Yeah. That's the I one that know. I'm like. It's right behind it. So who we'll knows see what happens? Who knows what will happen? But I I'm not sure if I think that's a good idea. But didn't you say they're trying to like ask people if they. If they thought it was distracting, and then I don't know. I'm there. I'm guessing that they will. I'm guessing that after these shows, they'll ask some people, uh, survey people, um, and say, "Did you find it dis- um, disruptive?" I don't know, but that's apparently something they're testing. The last thing I just wanted to mention because it's kind of been in the news a lot. If you have follow sir, uh, most Disneyland Instagram pages, have been talking about this this Disneyland Forward concept. They unveiled it a few years ago. Well, a couple years ago. Um, and it's like this big proposal to the city of Anaheim, but everyone's looking at this, I think in the wrong way. When you look at this Disneyland forward plan, what it looks like is it's Disney saying, here's how we want to develop the rest of the land that we own in Anaheim. And it shows like in the surrounding area around the Disneyland and paradise pier hotels and that, that they have, some expansions of California Adventure and Disneyland that they have to like cross a bridge to get over there, but that's what it looks like. And then they also show like another shopping district over in place of the Toy Story parking lot. And so a lot of people are just like really sharing their opinions about like, what does this mean? What is it? What's coming? Is this an official announcement? That's not what the Disneyland Forward project is. The Disneyland Forward project, we kind of reported on this well, back when we had a YouTube channel mm-hmm. uh, a long time ago. And basically what it is, is it's just Disney telling the city of Anaheim, if zoning rules in our area were changed, this is the sort of stuff that we think that we could do that would add a lot of jobs and add a lot of value to the surrounding area. But as it is, the current zoning laws prevent them from doing any of these things that they are proposing. So it's not a hard, fast proposal. It's them trying to just garner support to say, hey, do you think that we should have the freedom to do this if we wished? Yeah, the possibility of it. So, Do you think that's a good way to describe yeah. it? Yep. Just do we have your support <laughs> if and when we thought of doing something different? And that's all. Yeah. So if if you see people that are freaking out about like, oh, but... Are they doing these expansions? No. Not necessarily. They could, but that's not really what the point of the Disneyland Forward project is. It's just kind of a, here's a wish list. of If we had unlimited funds and we could do whatever we wanted, this is what we think we could do with this space. Like Josh DeMaro just spouting off saying possibly we'll do stuff in... The Magic Kingdom and stuff that wasn't oh, announced. Yeah, D23. That was the worst thing that they could have announced because everyone thought they meant we are doing this. That's not what they said. They said we might possibly, maybe, think about doing this maybe one day in the future, potentially. <laughs> That's the same idea with the Disneyland Forward project. So it's been in the news a lot, and I just wanted to kind of clarify that. All right, so getting to the meat and potatoes of this episode, this is part two in our series with Jessica Sanders. 
Um, we're so grateful that she's come on. She does the uh, at Disney on Plan on Instagram and Facebook, and also the happiest blog on earth. Um, and she's one of the four mem- uh, four people in charge of the. Uh, Disney, what is it? Disneyland with kids. Disneyland with kids. I was going to say that, but what was it that we decided last time? It was the there are queens and princesses. No, she's empresses. she's the emperor. One I of the like empresses. The empress. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can do that. Okay. <laughs> so, the empress of the Disneyland with kids Facebook group. So today's episode is about uh, going to Disneyland with kind of elementary school age. So like Disneyland with kids. Yeah. Four not, to ten ish. Not toddlers. Not teenagers. Not teenagers. Mm-hmm. Regular kids. <laughs> Something like that. Um, so one of the big things I think of, especially if you have multiple kids in this age, is that they fight constantly. They're never happy. They cry constantly. How do you how do you mix and like try to cater to different interests without like letting them run the show? Right. So one of the things that I do with my kids or did when they were in this age group is I would have them choose three top rides at each park, and then I would make sure that we did those because. They're so concerned about the thing they want to do, whatever that is. And they will not be happy until they do the thing they want to do. And it's really easy to overpromise. And so my sister always says, with everything in life, you underpromise and overdeliver. Yes, that's good. <laughs> and advice. I'm like that the opposite good. because I'm like, yes, we'll do this, we'll do that, we'll do that. <laughs> and then My famous lines, plans changed. (laughs) So I try to keep it under control, have them pick out three rides they want to do. The Disneyland maps are great, especially if it's your first visit. YouTube videos of Mm ride-throughs to see what they want to go on, what they're interested in. And also just knowing what's important to them beforehand, even if they've never been. Like, what characters do they really like? Okay, so if they are super into Marvel, you know they're going to want to spend time in Avengers Campus. And we want to create those experiences for them at Disneyland. And a place like Pim's Test Kitchen is going to be super awesome for them to eat at because they love Marvel. If they love Beauty and the Beast, let's take them to Red Rose Tavern. There's all kinds of little Mm -hmm. connections to just make it feel like it's special for them and they're getting exactly what they want. Even if you're like kind of coaching yeah. them like yeah. look, be manipulative. This is it. 100%. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being manipulative. That's what, isn't that parenting? <laughs> it's just being manipulative for 18 years. But yeah, it always seems like you're walking by a family or you like you take some we always like when we go with our nieces and nephews that there's like no, I don't want to do that. But then you can be like you'll get to do that later, so. Exactly. It's funny how much they don't like something that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> like or that they're just stubborn about it yeah. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so what are some good rides to take this age group on? If they've been to carnivals before, anything local, just know their thrill tolerance. So you usually have kids that are thrill seekers or kids that are a little bit timid. But one of the first roller coaster things that I like people to try is in Mickey's Toontown. It's Chippendale's oh, yeah. Gadget Go-Coaster. Whatever it's called now. It's renamed. <laughs> Chippendale's Gadget Coaster, I think. Chippendale's Gadget Coaster. Yeah. That's a great that is true. Um, entry into roller coasters. Because it's I like 10 feet tall. Definitely <laughs> do that earlier in the day because it is not worth waiting no. 45 plus minutes for. And especially if you want to get them on those bigger rides, 
you might just consider going there first, trying that thrill ride. They can see the track. It's all outside. It's 10 seconds or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's really short. They can sit next to a parent or an older sibling. And then if they're into that, I would try Big Thunder. Mm -hmm. Um, That's another good intro one before you do something like Space Mountain, just because the dark can throw people off because they're not... Um, it feels so much more intense because on. of the darkness. Well, and that's what with kids, I often would foresee that they feel like they're, they're like excited and ready to go on something and then it was too much for them. Or you have a kid that like, you know they would go, like a ride, but they're mm-hmm. so scared to go on it. How much do you like kind of yeah. coax them or like encourage them? Like, how do you gauge all that? Yeah, it can be really tricky, especially when you've spent so much money and you're like, I know they're going to like this let's just try it. Um, that's definitely where the bargain come in. You gotta, you gotta talk with them, talk about it, figure out how comfortable they are. And if they don't like it, what will we do afterwards? Something that they choose or something like Mm -hmm. that. It really depends on like how much you're willing to play with the situation and yeah, you definitely have to know your kids. (laughs) One thing to go along with that, because I see it happen all the time at Disneyland. I just don't, I want to know like what your advice would be when there's parents that like, it's usually on rides like guardians Mm -hmm. where they, the kids tall enough, you can Mm -hmm. tell it's their first time. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it's that they know that the kid is going to enjoy it or if it's just the parent is just, I I don't know. You know, those those situations where it seems like the parents are pushing really, really hard for the kid to go on the ride and maybe, maybe it ends well, maybe it doesn't. Like, what would your advice be to something like that? Because I can, I can imagine, I can picture in my mind the scenarios where you kind of want to like push your kid a little bit to go on a ride, but you don't want to scare them. Right. I would say if they are crying, yeah, don't. Do let's it. not do that. Yeah. And a lot of times the cast members won't have them go on if yeah. they are sobbing. And also just understand, not understand, know that. There is something called the chicken run. That's what I call it. I don't know what it's really called. But <laughs> if you're just about to get on the ride and the kid's like, nope, yep. there's always an exit option. Yes. Um, and it's frustrating. But. Yes, it's frustrating. Even sometimes they will let you do a rider switch kind of thing oh, right there. That's a good idea. Um, it's going to be dependent on the cast member because they might they might just let you stand off to the side with one adult and then do the next ride cycle so that you don't miss out. But really, you have to know the kid and let them trust you. That's what you're there for. So there's, it's a really tricky situation. And don't lie to them. because That's if, uh, a great point. Because, um, yeah, I can't remember. What, don't we were on Pirates say, once. It's, like, it's, it's just, a, it's yeah, it's just a little boat ride. There's nothing that goes down. I think right. we've heard that people say that and like, oh gosh, this is not going to go well. Right. <laughs> yeah. Tell them what you know and let them make a decision. That's what I always required before I went on rides. In fact, back when I was terrified of all things. Oh, so all la- last year? Yes. Um, <laughs> my family had to, like, I made them, like, tell me a lot of details about the Haunted Mansion before I would go on it. Because mm-hmm. when I hear, I don't do, I've never done horror things. Mm-hmm. And so when I heard there was Until a Until I made, made him watch The Shining. <laughs> that d- didn't end well. Who didn't no, it sleep? Didn't. <laughs> um, no. But, <laughs> Uh, I made them, you know, tell me some of the details of the Haunted Mansion before I felt comfortable going on it because I was like, I'm not going somewhere where I might walk out of there in tears because I'm too scared. Yeah, and that's embarrassing. And these kids know. um, They're very aware of what other Mm -hmm. people see and they don't want to be embarrassed too. Yeah. Yep. 
So yeah, be honest. Well, with and your the, kids. the Haunted Mansion is such an interesting one because it's dark. Mm-hmm. It's slightly creepy, but it's not like terrifying. It's, it's so. like if they can get past the stretching room, then they'll probably be fine. Right. But say, then yeah. you don't want them to like be bursting in tears in, in the stretching room either. Yeah. yeah. And it's a longer attraction too. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, shoot, what do I do if they do get scared in the middle of it? But luckily you, in that particular attraction, you're in your own doom buggy mm-hmm. and you can slide right next to them and put your arms around them. Yep. Yeah, that does help. Um, Speaking of. Yeah. So there's always the question of like, cause kids want to like plan who they're sitting by. And I, th- and there's also rules on many of the rides about if you can sit by like the, the open part of it, like children have to smaller, or how old smaller guests have to sit up or how old do you have to be? How to, old do you have to be to ride with small children? And yeah. Cause it's like, if you're under so 10, you have to have someone 14 and above or something. You have to, if you're under seven, oh, under you have seven. to have someone 14 and above sitting with you. But if you're like a parent and you're going with multiple kids, most rides you can still accommodate um, just because the the way the rides are kind of stuck together. Like on yeah, Alice, you're there's still two rows. You're them. still kind of considered being next to them. But that was a huge deal with my kids, especially when I took them alone. It was like they all wanted to sit with me mm. on like a two per ride. Yeah. And so we just had to do a rotation. And it also went back to those favorite rides that they chose. They got to sit with me on the ride that they chose. So it might be you that they want to sit by. It might be a sibling or a cousin or Whoever is with them, sometimes there's a little bit of a competition of who they get to sit <laughs> next to. So again, just talk it out and let them know that, yeah, we're going to do those things. This is on our list and you're going to ride with this person and all those things are possible. What's well, funny, when we were at Disneyland last time with your nieces and nephews, Harrison kept asking like if you or me wanted to ride with them on certain things. It was kind of cute. So, yeah, his parents were always very like, oh, okay. all right. Yeah, they basically <laughs> don't see him the whole time because they, they've got like somebody else like, let's yeah. go on this with you. Yeah. Like, okay, we don't mind. We were, I'm done sitting next to this guy and on everything, so we're good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so also, what do you do for food for this age? Um, obviously, you can bring, still bring in snacks and stuff, but what are your suggestions for that? Yeah, we'll definitely bring in snacks. And at that school age, I like to give the kids their own bags. So whether it's just like a little cinch backpack or whatever they're into carrying because they can carry their own things and on I'll your fill it with yeah. snacks so that they have access to it and they can decide when they're wanting to eat those things. And then we also purchase snacks and food throughout the resort. But the kid meals are awesome. They have them at every place. They have them on mobile order and they can customize side dishes usually. And they often come with a drink. Um, I think on mobile order, it will default to like milk or a Dasani water. But you can still But you can drink. get soda. And like when my kids, when I first allowed them to have caffeine, they only had it at <laughs> Disneyland <laughs> because, you know, night shows. Well, and that's what, so the kids' meals are a great uh, option for price. I personally wouldn't suggest buying snacks in the park because they're so expensive. The snacks are not a good option. For like a, in the, in the one brands. banana is like three dollars, and, and like just bring them in. Want their own? Yeah, mm-hmm. just whatever. Plan ahead. Go to Costco before get what they want and ha- bring it with you. You can bring them into the park. You know, speaking of the kids' meals, though, like there's one place I want to give a shout out to Pim Test Kitchen for their kids' meals because 
I love what they do with some of them. Not for all of them, but I, for one of the lunch items is it's basically a build your own PB and J yeah, sandwich. So and I love that it, cause kids get done with food so much faster than the adults anyway. So it so slows true. down that process. <laughs> that like, you have to put your sandwich together first, which is great. And then also, yeah, for <laughs> breakfast, I, that's what I order myself. Don't tell if I get in trouble with cast members, but <laughs> it's a fairly, all the kids meals that I've ever gotten. Cause I, I don't know what it is. Like we do like a big meal a day, but right. for some reason my stomach can't handle it anymore. So I'll do like a kid's meal and the one, the breakfast at Pim's, it comes with like a fairly good sized portion of like their French toast, uh, Pim particle thing. It's a different kind of bacon than what the adults get. And it it's is different. Re- it's like a turkey bacon. It was amazing. Oh, okay. And then the the, uh, the French toast thing. So the tiny little fork. It reminds me of uh, Nick Wilde in Zootopia when he's with um, the mob boss guy. Eating the cake. <laughs> eating the cake. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's, th- those are options even for adults. And they're so, be aware. so much or older cheaper kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. than the regular meals. I mean, they're limited. Like It's just like often the chicken tenders mm-hmm. or, yeah. But they're worth it. Or a little burger or something, but yeah. Right. And you said turkey bacon, which I actually love as well but one of the things you do want to look out for on those kids meals is that they are often set to a different nutritional standard so sometimes you're going to have things swapped so for example like at award wieners on the regular menu you have all beef hot dogs whereas the kids menu you'll have like a turkey dog and some kids are very particular about the Mm. flavors or on a sandwich they might do a wheat bread instead of a white bread Uh, so just knowing your kids and what they're familiar with um that's something to look out for make sure you look at the details substitute but yeah and often the sides it'll just like default to like a mandarin cutie and the milk like you were saying but you can do fries and a soft drink so you just have to click on it or Mm -hmm. ask the cast member and they often come with two sides so i like to do something like fries and then yes apple slices so that i can Mm -hmm. just throw it in the bag and they can have that later Yep. yep great great option uh, so we were talking a little bit about rides and who they sit by, but this is also the age where they start getting, uh, well, some of them are tall enough to ride everything. Some of them are not. The ones that are not sometimes get frustrated that they're not. But they're, yeah, they're just short by one inch. So how do you navigate height requirements? First, you want to measure them beforehand and understand that what you measure at home might not be the same as Disneyland. Now I had a friend who actually went in with a measuring tape and measured all of them, the height requirement things and found that it generally is on the shorter side. But that being said, everybody always says you're taller at the beginning of the day. So get in those rides that they are maybe just, just about to hit. And the other thing is tell your kid that the goal is to touch the height requirement not to fit underneath it because some kids misunderstand what they're trying to do um, that we're trying to stand nice and tall to hit that marker not fit and if they don't meet the height requirements um, there's always something fun to do around the corner and know that if your kid is very close they will measure them multiple times and it will be annoying yeah. mm-hmm. and you might that. even get all the I've way to the front get really of the good. line and you get frustrated yes. and then they're crying for a whole other yeah. reason um, but just do the best that you can but seriously that is true once you, when you're lying uh, down um, and you're well hydrated the the moment you stand up your the dis- intervertebral discs are most like 
open. He needs and to so, have his doctor moment. So you can, so you are tolerant. And then as the day goes on, especially if you're dehydrated, they okay. shrink more. So. And you will definitely be dehydrated, dehydrated at Disneyland. Yes. So keep the waters coming. It's not much. It'd be like quarter of an inch, but now I do want to mention with height requirements that there's some videos, especially like on social media that go around with these quote unquote hacks, hacks of how to help your child meet the height requirement. Don't do that. Please. please do not do this because these are so, these are for safety. You don't want your child slipping out through it's yeah. It's based on their, the physics of like sitting in the seat and with the restraint. It's not, there's no specialness to the actual number other than the fact that they've done the tests on the ride itself and you don't want them flying out of the ride. So, so important. Let's not try to work the system. Let's just do what's best and safe for everyone. And I've seen with our nieces and nephews that, yeah, they get bummed if they're not tall enough to go, but you just have the conversations like not yet, but (laughs) you will have the time. And then I think my sister even, um, she just gets really gets them really excited when they're finally tall enough. She's like, "You finally reached that! Just wait till we go to Disneyland again. You're going to be able to ride everything." And they're just so excited yeah. at that point. And there's so there's so many different height requirements. So just at least like yes, <laughs> get them excited about the ones they can go on, and then be yeah. like, "Next time you can." Do and you can ones. filter the app by height as yep. well. And another thing with the height requirements, it's crazy because. Actually, a lot of kids are tall enough for something like Space Mountain at about three or four years old. Ooh, that is true. So, it has a pretty low height. Now, I'm not saying you should <laughs> take them on it, but, but you might be surprised by how many things they actually can go on at this kind of age, elementary age. That's a really good point. Just check and yeah, make sure you're checking the app to see what all the height requirements are so you're not telling your kids you're tall enough for everything when they're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of mentioned... Rider switch in our last episode, but this is still, and you kind of mentioned it now too, but this is still a good age um, to use rider switch to help everyone get on every ride that they want to go on as well. Yeah, for example, in Credit Coaster, that has one of the highest height requirements in the resort, if not the highest. And there's always attractions or shops or food nearby mm-hmm. that you can do with the other child. So in Credit Coaster, we have Jesse's Critter Carousel. We have Toy Story Midway Mania. We have shops there. And often on Pixar Pier, there's going to be some Pixar characters as well. So there's definitely things to do. Um, in Credit Coaster specifically, you can also watch as the coaster mm-hmm, launches and you fun. can wait to spot your family or whoever is going cool. on the ride. And some t- so it, you can take a couple of people with the Rider Switch ride because I remember last trip with your family, the, um, one of the older ones who could ride on it got to ride it twice right. as part of it. So Yeah, it's usually the second group can be three people in total, Yeah, usually. So that's cool. So if you have a kid who's really impatient about things, maybe yeah. they get to ride it multiple times. Yeah, there's a perk of... Um, I was going to ask, so what is the age that you stop taking strollers, <laughs> us not being parents? Because, oh like, goodness. it seems like people take them and then they have, like, their 14-year-old in it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what is going on? But um, also, like, because sometimes, sometimes kids just need, like, that little break, but they're not going to be in it the whole time. Yes. So one stat that I have in my head for some reason, and it's probably more now, but the average guest walks eight miles per day at Disneyland. But I think, it's, I think it's maybe more because we've had expansions. So people tend to take strollers um, for kids that aren't using strollers regularly at home or for walks or going to the park. They do tend to keep them around longer 
I would say, again, depending on your child, but I would say if I had to put a number, about seven. And at seven years old, I wouldn't personally, but you know your child, be pushing my child from ride to ride. What I, what I did the last time we had a stroller was I parked it in one spot and we left it there all day. And at the end of the night when she was toast, I put her in it. But another thing is strollers have weight restrictions as well. So you want to make right. sure that you're within that, mm-hmm. um, whether you're bringing your own or renting, because that is a huge safety concern, especially if you're renting, because it could damage the frame of the stroller and then it's not safe for the next yeah. child. That's a really good point. I was also thinking like if you have someone in your party who's like elderly or something and has those like the electric scooters, mm-hmm. you could like you can use that as kind of a resting zone if you have a kid mm-hmm. with her too. So Yeah, they don't like you sitting, lap sitting right. on those, but if it's just parked, they can yeah. sit yeah. there. Uh, now, these, this age group, this is one where they start asking for souvenirs. <laughs> and every time you get off a ride, every what time happens? Every time exit through the gift shop. <laughs> yes, so we like to talk about our souvenir budgets beforehand. I like to get Disney gift cards for the kids, each of them individually with their budget, so that they could spend it as they choose. But we also like to try to put off souvenir buying till the last day or the end of the day. I'll often take pictures of things that they Mm. want to remember and which shop. Most of the time you can get every souvenir at World of Disney, but there are some certain things that are only available in their certain little shop. So if if you've only seen it there, make sure you make note of it. Um, But souvenir budget can vary widely. I would say if you're going on a low end and you want them to have something, you're going to want at least $25. Yeah, Yeah, I was thinking that too. That was my 50 is probably more workable, Mm -hmm. but yeah. But even even if you're trying to cut down, um, I can tell you from experience that you do need to set up the expectations for price. And timing and everything well. Yeah, the gift card idea is good. We we had a foster child once uh, years and years ago, and yeah, we, that would have saved some hassle. So. A lot of a lot of headache would have been spared at that trip had we done that. How do you keep track of the money on it? So the receipt will print out yeah. with the balance. So, like, so if they're buying like multiple things and. Get the kids invested in the trip. You don't have to be fronting souvenir money. Um, little tours around the house can go towards their souvenir money or if they have um, some yard work that they're doing that they want to bring extra, that totally works in my book. But if they have earned that money, they're going to be more careful about how they spend well, it and that's, that's it's, well. it's good to teach kids to, yeah, Absolutely. How, to how to budget money and stuff yeah. when they're young. So like uh, it's the end of the day, they're wanting to see World of Color or the fireworks and they can't see. What do you do with that? Because then we're always standing there. We're tall. We're six one, six two, And then there's a kid in front of us that the parent gets them on their shoulders and now we can't see. <laughs> the fireworks are in the sky. They're very high. Did you, I didn't know that. <laughs> so... Your child will be able to see them. You can hold them. Lots of people do the shoulder thing, and I try not to let it bother me. <laughs> but um, I, I try not it's going to gonna bother somebody, yeah. guarantee, because there's lots of people um, wanting to see those shows. So just be respectful of others while you're around with children on the shoulders, FaceTiming people. It's probably not the best idea. I see that a lot too. Yeah. Yes. What we did uh, with our foster kid was just kind of hold when he would like want to see something, just hold him like just normally, like just not on the shoulders. Right. Yeah, his head was no yeah. higher than yeah. ours. That's absolutely. That, that was helpful for us. So, all right. Well, I guess 
I don't know why regular kids keep sticking in my head. Like, that's what we're going to do. The average age. The regular <laughs> children. It's like we have small children. The non- medium children. Yeah, the non-extreme <laughs> weirdos. <laughs> not too young, not too old. Um, anyway, uh, thank you again to Jessica for helping us out now with a little bit older kids. Uh, make sure that you follow her on Instagram and Facebook at Disneyland Plan. And you can join... Uh, the Disneyland with Kids Facebook group to get a lot more of your questions answered and just join that really, really cool community Jessica's been telling us about so much. So thanks, Jessica, for having us out again. For sure. And um, just our normal plugs. But it's just, if you are planning your trip, consider using our affiliate link for Getaway Today. It's in the description of the podcast. And you can use that to uh, save you a lot of money on your trip. They have a lot of specials going on. They also have a lot of expertise they can share with you about where you're staying and um, how to put your trip together and it's also a way to support us make sure that you are subscribing to the podcast so you can get the episodes as they drop uh, follow us on instagram and facebook at disneyland forever those handles are in the description because you know they don't make any sense <laughs> but um, and make sure you leave us a rating and review and i think that's i think that's it yep all right see you guys bye